Welcome back, everybody, to another edition of the Started Up Podcast. It's Friday, and Jamal is here, and you don't feel good. Uh, I feel fantastic, man. What are you talking about? I feel, <laughs> I feel like I feel like my body is getting stronger. Is, is that the code you want to say for it? Yeah, my body is getting stronger through adversity. That's okay. So Grant just had the flu, and the I mean, actually, it's funny. So Grant, my 10-year-old, just really – he has to do well in school because dad's a teacher, but he just really doesn't want, he likes learning, doesn't, he, he, he struggles sitting still. Uh, three days he was home with the flu, and by the third day he's like, I just want to go to school. I never thought I'd hear him say that, but here we are. But I'm getting better through adversity. I like that. And I actually even told him, I'm like, you know what? I was like, Grant, you know, just be grateful that this is the first time you've had the flu in four years and just be grateful. This is just once every four years. So say the same thing to you. You're not oh, sick very often. No, no, I'm not. You know, thank God, knock on wood, all that good stuff, whatever you believe in. But yeah. I, I, <laughs> I am uh, always trying to see the positive, man. So I'm just getting better through adversity, man. My body's preparing itself for the next level. Yeah. Well, great segue, because today, as literally, this is probably the hardest stretch for a lot of teachers, um, right. that these, the, the shortest days and the longest days, and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Yes. Oh, yes. You know, the, <laughs> the shortest days, like literally the days are shorter, but man, they're long. This is when... This is when technique takes over. You're not fresh anymore. You have to rely on all of your skills and your gifting as opposed to, you know, I say not skills and gifting, but your just proper technique so you can continue to lift heavy. Yeah. So I let's go over some tips, strategies, things to get you through these January, February, March days of, of education. You want to yeah. start? Yeah, man, I, I think it starts with the three things. We can we are made up of three things, mind, body, and spirit. So your mind, right? Uh, I think anyone listening, you have to know how the mind works. Um, there are two parts to your brain. For layman's terms, it's upstairs and downstairs. Upstairs, you make your strategic, logical decisions. Downstairs, you make your impulsive um non-strategic decisions there uh to things that trigger you throughout the day or you know uh to get you to go downstairs or just bad situations adversity when someone comes to you and they say things or whatever it is like the most challenging things make us go downstairs because that's what we were created to do we were created to respond with our flight or fight system uh, to crisis or adversity to keep us safe because you don't need to be thinking when there's imminent threat. However, in the workplace, this is really bad because this is when we say things or do things that are generally not us. So one thing that I do, and I guess this is the definition of mindfulness. I learned this the other day in the training, um, but this is something that I always kind of have done over these last few years, I like as soon as ad, 
adversity hits me in a day and I begin to go downstairs. And what going downstairs feels like is the, the lower half of your brain gets, or the, the back of your neck kind of gets stimulated and you start to get the goosebumps and your spidey, ting, uh, spidey senses start tingling. But what I do to knock myself out of that is I ask myself, what am I learning? Right? Um, and if there's a problem, I try to start solving it. And that typically brings me back upstairs so I can begin to think strategically because I'm not in danger. I just have to let my mind know that I'm not in danger. Huh. Okay. Um, I don't I think I want to go next on the, what I would do sometimes for my students. Um, well, I, actually we could probably have another episode on what to do after spring break. That's a whole different story, man getting my students to get a little bit motivated and turn things in after spring break. Again, another episode. Um, but a lot of times this time of year, uh, I would deliberately call it, you know, late January, early February. I'd have at least a couple of days where we would take a field trip somewhere to inside another place in the school. <laughs> by, yeah. by that, I mean, sometimes I'd find an empty room. I'd find uh, like just a spot, uh, one time I took them to like the wrestling room just yeah. and, and, and for nothing more than just to like hold class there or have a discussion over something we had just read. Cause these were the days that, you know, they're starting to get on us and, and, you know, there's not a lot of breaks between, you know, the, the winter break and spring break. Um, and they just kind of got, yeah, you had to mix it up. And so I just remember that, to be fair, I mean, heck, a lot of teachers are this way. We're just as bad as the students sometimes too. We get stir crazy. We get a little bit like, oh, so just a change of scenery is good. And matter of fact, I've even had some teachers say that, uh, especially like they're in grade school. She's like, I was talking to a lady, she's uh, there in Texas. And she was like, there's nothing better than taking the fifth graders down to like the second grade hallway and giving them like a reading day and they get to be the mentors. Uh, you know, yeah, she's, Oh man, their behavior is is top notch because you know, they're on display, but you know, just literally a field trip to someplace other than your room in your own school building is just what the doctor ordered. Yep. This is, this is true. And also I think to, um, the, the power of connection, like you have to have people that pour into you and you have to also find people to pour into. Um, those, those things are important because if you, if you go to a place, if, you go to, if you're in a school and you don't have friends um, at, that, at that school or feel like there's someone that you can't connect to, it just becomes that much more difficult. That much more difficult yeah. to be just a member because I mean, we're, we're, we're human. So our, our desire to be accepted um, is always at work. Even if you like, if you want those people to say, I don't care what people, other people think. Yes, you do. <laughs> There's a whole, yeah. a whole scientific conspiracy theory behind why you do. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, a lot of times just you saying that you don't is just your defense mechanism. So um, the other, the other thing I was thinking about, again, circling back to the teachers is just, um, this is the, the best time 
to really start focusing on your health. And yeah. we do, we, we neglect this. And I, I wear a, an activity tracker and believe it or not, I probably wear it just as much for studying my sleep as it is anything. Uh, I know when I'm getting too stressed out and if I don't sleep, I try to at least aim for seven hours. Okay. And in my advanced age, I'm 47, it's not too bad, but it's not too young. And seven right. seems about right for me. Um, if I don't deliberately try that, I, I don't do well. Matter of fact, the time where I got sick this year is because I had a flight and I got back probably like 2 a.m. and I had to get up at 6 a.m. to go wow. to a meeting. And I was sick. Yeah, like that, that little three and a half hour sleep I got made my immune system go to, you know, whatever. And next day I was sick. So uh, tips I've had for, for good sleep. Number one, I don't drink any caffeine or shouldn't drink any caffeine past really six o'clock at night. Um, yeah. I'm trying my best to not have any screen time past 8 PM. Yep. And, uh, and now some nights are harder than others. I mean, some nights I'm like, I've routinely been doing 12 hour days recently. Uh, as I know you have, and sometimes yeah. like, that's the time you can get to your emails, but I'm trying not to, um, and then trying to get to bed at a decent hour. Last point, And then I'll have you kick in. Um, I was, cause I was like talking about like checking my emails at, at, at nine or 10 PM. Uh, Dan Pink, his book, when, uh, oh. is so unique on the morning, afternoon, late, uh, you know, late in the workday activities, right? morning time, you're at your most alert. Most people are do your deep thinking in the morning, check your emails and do the administrative junk during your lull, what he calls the trough during the middle of the day. And then you can kind of do your reflective work on that four to five to 6 PM because your brain's back at it, but not necessarily at the best as it was at like 8 AM. Wow. That's, you know, that's, that's something, uh, that's powerful because exactly my wife started reading that book. And now that you're saying it, like, that's exactly how I feel. Um, and I've, oh, yeah. yes, like you described how I said, man, this guy's in my mind. How does he know? Like in the morning, like from 4am to about 10, like man, I feel like life is like, I, I'm just happy to get it figured out. Yeah, like, man, this is everything. I know what I'm going to do at 11, at 11 o'clock, man, it gets rough. From 11 to 3.30, it's horrible. Oh, yeah. As soon as 3.45, it's like I have a second wind. Matter of fact, I'm not trying to make this the Dan Pink show, but, like, he has in the book what he calls a Nappuccino. Yep. He, he said, if you can, actually, I think when you were over at my house, we were talking about this, but like, if you can drink a cup of coffee and immediately lay down for 15 or 20 minutes, even if you can actually go to sleep, yep. because in that trough, that noontime, your circadian rhythms, you were just low. And so if you drink a cup of coffee, it takes about 20, 15 to 20 minutes for that cup of coffee to get through your system. And so when you wake up, you double wake up, you wake up from the cappuccino and you wake up from the nap. Yeah, Snappuccino. Snappuccino, <laughs> baby. Yeah. Love it. Yep. I used to, I, I, I heard him uh, talk about his book when he was advertising it. Yeah. In place, and he said that. And I was like, man, let me do a Nappuccino. And, you know, uh, a couple <laughs> of ago, I was 
Nappuccino and it up. But you know, another thing too, I I was uh reading, and it said that that what is it? Clutter and being disorganized mm. causes yeah. stress and anxiety. Uh, mm. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So like I was I was talking to a student and I was helping her with her biology work. Right. So I said, "Okay, pull out your assignment. And literally one book bag. It took her about 10 minutes to find the worksheet that she was about to do. (laughs) Right. And I said, well, man, like I'm looking, I was like, man, I I was like, you probably you're probably not a morning person, are you? I said, you probably lay down in the bed at night and think about what you're going to, or lay down in the bed in the morning and think about what you're going to wear. I said, do you find it hard to get up? And she was like, yeah, how do you know? I said, because you're disorganized. Yeah. I said, like, like those are the dysfunctions of being organ- disorganized. Like, and I think we've all experienced it. Yeah. Like, the fact, if you don't know what you're going to wear, you just want to stay asleep until 10 o'clock every day. If you're, if just that one simple thing is in the order, yeah. if you live by yourself and you leave dishes in the sink and there are things that need to be done and you're disorganized and out of function and you're not hitting your to-do list, it's like, it's like sleep is what your body wants to do, which is crazy to me. You well, think that your body yeah. will be motivated to do the opposite, but it's almost as if your body shuts down in response to the clutter. Uh, you know, man, I'm glad you brought that up because that was kind of the other thing that people long to do right after New Year. Like every Home Depot and every, you know, Lowe's and everything else, one of the main things they sell is organization, storage totes, yep. you know, organizational tools. And I think it's another thing that can kind of get you through that January, February doldrums is like, get your stuff in order. Now I know this doesn't apply to y'all warm Florida Floridians, but like there's not a whole lot to do in a large part of the country during this time of year. It's gray. It's not that nice. So a lot of times people are like, okay. Yeah. It was six degrees here today. Yeah. Stop, stop, stop. <laughs> so, you know, because and in some ways, like, because there's not a lot to do, we can get organized. And I do. I, I think that brings people a little bit of mental clarity. It brings, because you're right, it, like looking at your mess of unorganized blah gives you anxiety and it just kind of looms over you. Like right. me filing taxes. I know now that I got everything in, I don't want to file my taxes. And when you were saying it's just a mess, I'm thinking that's my office right now on the top of my desk. I haven't gotten extra, like organized and it's stressing me out. So you're yep. right. You have to take that time to clean and organize your desk and write down a to-do list. So I I read a book called 12 Week Plan and shout out to the author. I don't remember the name, but if if you like this will help you, right? I'm gonna add in, I'm gonna add in some conceptual things in this comment. Um, but the 12 week plan is basically like the concept of it is try to if you have a year goal, try to put it into 12 weeks. And at the end of 12 weeks, assess and then try to put it back in 12 weeks if you're not successful. So really, you should be getting so many years of work done within within 12 weeks. Um, it, it forces you to create a sense of urgency, all, all that good stuff. Um, yeah. But it talks about doing 85% of what you say you're going to do. And that leads to positive outcomes, right? If you can get to 90%, even better but 85% of what it is that you're supposed to do. One thing that like will help anyone 
is at the end of the day, right? Like, because like w- w- humans, like we need a plan. We need a path, right? If you have a pathway, if you have a plan and you know what you're going to do, what you have to do is you, sometimes you almost have to either write it down physically or mentally schedule out what it is that you're going to do. So let me give you an example, right? So if I have 10 things to do in a day and I only get to five of them, right? Before I leave, I look at those five remaining items and I map out the next day how I'm going to do those things, right? If I need to go talk to someone, I map out how long. I even think about what I'm going to say to that person to push that conversation forward. So then I can go back and do whatever items that, that I need to do. But what it, and, and then I shut my mind off from work. I drop it off at the spot on 301 in Bloomingdale. Um, and I don't pick it up until in the morning. When I get back right there, I turn. I start turning music off, and it's about five minutes back in, and and I start remembering that plan. I look at it, but like what I'll do with my calendar is I'll put those things on there, and then I'll I'll hit those, and then once I'm done with those, I'll reassess what it is that I have to do, and um, I'll create more little items, and I always count, and I always try to see eighty five percent, and I always leave space to reflect. So if there's some aha moment that I have, like I'll write it down so that way I can always go back to it. So at the end of the year, I have like this big book of things, but just going back to like the regular or just the organizational system, um, the, the, the main thing, the main thing is you always have to leave time to clean your desk. It's like doing dishes, right? Like you have to organize it because when you walk back in to a clean office, it is the greatest feeling in the world. Mm, hey uh, i'm sitting there thinking i'm decent at some of those things you said but not all and yeah it, one of my really good friends um and this made him a really his his wife appreciated it. he liked to cook but what his thing that de-stressed him is as he was basically finishing up the the cooking part he'd, you know, put it on a serving plate and immediately start washing the dishes. Hmm. And, and, and so the kids, like the, the plates and the forks and the spoons, that was their job to load the dishwasher. He liked to cook and write, like literally, he's like, it only takes like 60 seconds that, you know, the, the, the skillet, uh, the other pot for the side dish, he's like, you put it into the serving dish and you immediately take it over the sink and you start washing it. And by the time the kids are sitting down and everybody's ready, I've already dried it off. My, I have cooked and cleaned my part. And now the kids have to do their part after they're done eating. I'm like, <laughs> it's kind of when you were saying that, I was thinking like, that's how he did it. And it felt good. Yeah. And, and like that, that organization will help. Like it, man, it drives it drives your success. And then not only that, like it creates a map in your brain. I don't know. Like I do this, I do this thing where like w- once I write it down, like it's almost like it's a part of me. Like, it's weird. Like I'll go back and like, if I'm talking to somebody and I'm trying to recall something, I'll try to visualize like my little, my notebook that's on my desk. Yeah. I'll try to visualize what I said and what I put on there. Most of the time I can, sometimes I can't if it's, if it's really fresh, but like, it's like you have a plan, like, you know, like you, you're literally developing a playbook, um, for that next day. And it's something that you should always do. Keep a coat, 
in your in your office to keep mm-hmm. you warm, keep a raincoat to keep you dry, um, and a fan to keep you cool. Mm. There it is. Good stuff today, man. I uh, feel a little guilty on some things, not uh, on others, but uh, yeah. So I getting through January, February, March, I, I agree with, you know, really we hit mind, body, spirit in a lot of ways, you know, take care of your body, uh, mix it up a little bit for your students, uh, get some sleep and stay organized. Yeah. I guess recap. There's one more thing I, I have to say. Yeah. There we go. Work hard. Don't be afraid to work hard. Yeah. Like, and, and I say this, and, and let me just give you a little bit of context. There are people in this world who will literally say, I don't have time to do this at work because I have other work to do. Right? When you say that out loud three times, it's almost it's just as ridiculous as looking in the mirror and saying Bloody Mary and thinking some, something's going to jump out at you. It makes no sense. I'm going to say it out loud one more time. Like, like the excuse of I have too much work at work to the point to where I can't do any more work is, is crazy to me, right? And I understand, like, there's only so much a human can do. I'm not naive. I'm not crazy, right? But if you have a job that is demanding and you know that you're going to have to put work in and the work is going to, like, like being tired is not an excuse not to get that work done. But if you know that you have a demanding job, the the excuse of I have too much work so I can't get to that work is is not valid. What you really should be saying is how can I manage my time to get all of this work done? And if there's something that doesn't fit within this time frame, how can I systematically cycle it through so that way I can touch everything that I'm supposed to do? Because you only can control what you can control. And those things like just the the work. So don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of hard work and don't, don't shy away from it. Like don't, don't be the guy or the girl who says it's cold outside. So I'm not going to work. Yeah. Because when the harvest comes, you're going to be hungry. Yeah. Yeah. That's all. I like that. And the prioritization too is, is what I was really listening to. Cause you know, some people I like, I, I, I remember um, I was listening to Mike Rowe talk and he, he hated the work smarter, not harder thing. And he's like, you're, you're demeaning hard work. And sometimes hard work is what it takes. It's what normally takes, but the prioritization <laughs> uh, is also something that you, you need to put in there. So I love that. Love that. All right, man. Well, I hope you're feeling better and, uh, or, or you're, you're working towards, what is this you said? How'd you start off this podcast? <laughs> I said my body's going through adversity. There you go. Strong. Well, I hope you get through your influenza adversity. And uh, you should be, you should be excited for me that I'm about to grow. And the thing that's trying to kill me now won't be able to touch me when I get over it. There you go. There you go. We'll wrap it up there, guys. Thank you for joining us uh, on Crucial Conversations with Friday. Jamal Crook, Don Wetrick, reminding you, stop the things everywhere. See ya.